Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Hey, uh, it's good. Who's ready for the word today? Like I said, we're in the third Sunday uh, of 2017, which excites me. And during the, the month of January, we focus on fresh starts and new beginnings and new days. And uh, I just, I love the word that Justin brought last week. I thought it was a sensational word. He's always just comes prepared and studied up and full of the word and full of just uh, good things that we can apply to our lives. And if I know any, it's, it's important to intentionally lay a strong foundation for the year ahead. I can intend to have a great year. I can want to have a great year. But I actually need to set myself up in strength and vision for a, a, a great year ahead. And, uh, you know, Justin, he, he brought a word that he was talking about, for every promise, there's a premise. For, for every promise of God that exists and is available to us, there's a premise. I need to do something. Like, like Pastor Ward was saying, uh, I, I know God is good, but I have to do something to position myself to receive God's goodness in my life. And, uh, you know, Justin was talking about obedience. And, and the word t- tells us that if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. If we're, if we're willing and obedient to God's will and God's way, then we'll experience God's plans for our life. And he was just talking about the fact that if we set ourselves up this year in the word, in praise, and in prayer, that we will have a great year, that God will go before us, uh, and, and that will be the measure of our intentionality, is, is pressing into those things for our lives. Amen? Yes. Pastor Ward. Pastor Nicole, it is great to have you here with us. Love you guys. Are you holidaying up here again anytime soon? Because when you do, I just want to say there's an open invitation. Please come and preach for us. You can decide out of the two. They are brilliant communicators, brilliant pastors. How long have you been running your church for? It's been 17 years. Can we give these guys a hand? We've been going for, you know, They've been, they've been doing this for 17 years, helping people, building lives, sowing into, bringing vision and faith, preaching the word and, and living sacrificially. And, and I, I've known these guys for many years and they are just a blessing everywhere they go in all that they do. And they, their heart, in their heart, they carry people and they're big and they're generous. And, and I just want to honor you guys this morning. It's great to have you here. Thank you for being with us. But please, next time you're here, you have to preach, all right? I know you're on holidays, but we will look after you. Fantastic. Psalm 1 says this, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the wicked or sits uh, in, no, sorry, I, I know it by, off the top of my head, so when I start reading and then go to brain and then come back and it's a different version, I'm in trouble. Let me just read it to you. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, whatever he does shall prosper. Here's a stupid question for you. Does anybody want to have a blessed year? I do. I, no matter how good 2016 was, I want a better year in 2017. I want to, the Amplified uh, Bible describes blessed or defines blessed as happy, fortunate, prosperous, to be envied. I, I want a blessed year. I want to live a blessed life. I, wa- I want to be happy. I want to be fortunate, having God opportunities present themselves in my world. I want to be prosperous so I can be blessed and be a blessing. 
uh, and I want to be envy. I want people to look onto my life and go, whatever it is that you have, God, I want it because it's working for you. It, it, life looks like it works for you. It looks like you're full of joy. It looks like you've, there's something in your world that I desire. I want people to envy my life, not because I have something, you know, in, of material, but because I have God in my world. Amen? Amen. So uh, just thinking in line with Justin's thoughts last week about for every promise, there's a premise. There's a saying that it, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, but expecting a different result. So, so, so would it be insanity to want to be blessed but not live according to God's will or God's ways? Would I be insane as a believer not to do what God asked me to do so I can experience what God promises for my life? And I just want to encourage us this morning. I just want to pull apart a little bit of scripture and, as I said, teach a little more than preach because I think it will, it will help us set ourselves up for a strong year ahead. Amen. You're very quiet this morning and and I've explained this before but I get nervous when you're quiet and a, an outworking of my nervousness is I get naughty and so then I'll probably veer from my notes and I'll start saying things that I shouldn't be so I need just just a little bit of response will help me stay on track amen all right this week I was talking with my brother um, they're moving up they moved all this stuff up this week and it was awesome because I no longer have a garage they have a storage facility but Anyway, I was talking to Matt about some, some family members that had died, you know, within our family a, a few years back and just what that was like, you know, kind of, we had three family members die in six weeks and it was just a big time and I was thinking about the fact then that we all know somebody that's sick or facing death. It's just, it's, it's a natural part of life it's, it's, and we, we tend to focus on that physical element of sickness because you know, when we lose somebody or we lose something, it's, it's something is taken from us in the natural, in the now. And I was just thinking through that we focus on the natural, but the Bible equally, if not more so, focuses on spiritual life and death and the importance of, again, getting intentional about our spiritual health and, spirit, and that we can be spiritually dead, but we can come back from death to life. Amen. There's a saying that uh, we're not physical beings having a spiritual experience, we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. The Bible describes our lives as butt vapor. Our 80 years or 90 years, 100 years that we'll spend on this earth is but a vapor. And, and the, what we're experiencing in the here and now is, is temporal and finite. But what we've been created for and by, is, is, is infinite and eternal. That, that's what we've been designed for. It says in Colossians 6, it says, By him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and is invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. We came into the earth by the will of God and we'll go back to be in the presence of God if we live spiritually alive. And Romans 8, starting in verse 14, says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children of God, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. 
And, and I, I want to encourage us this morning that our final destination in life is not the grave. It's eternal glory. That your final destination, when you breathe your last breath, that it's when you breathe your last breath in the natural that you will enter into the supernatural, into the eternal, into the presence of God for eternity. Amen? And, and that helps me because I go, if I have to live a certain way, I want to know that there's, there, there's something post, there's something beyond living a certain way now. That, that, that's my goal, that's my end game, that's where I want to end up and be at the end of my days. We, we, we've got to, if we don't have goals in life, if we don't have a vision in life, if there's not purpose attached to how we live, we'll just wander through and meander through life and circumstance and happenstance and, and I will just, I'll just float. Well, the Bible says don't float. Get intentional. Get strong. Get purpose. Get passionate. Move towards what you want to achieve. I, I, I want to achieve something. I, I want to live blessed, therefore I'm going to do something to be blessed. Amen? And even though that our end game is eternity and we're going to leave this, that we don't just float, we don't just pass by, we can thrive and enjoy an abundant life in this earth. And that's what John 10, 10 says. It says the devil comes only to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. God's intention and purpose for your life is that you'd live the big life, that you would be blessed, you would be prospered, that he would be a part of your world and your circumstance and that he'd go before you. And I want to encourage each and every one of you, like, like Justin was saying, word, praise and prayer. Get that into your life so that God's promises can become your realities in 2017. Amen? I might melt up here in a minute. You know, let me say this, it's, when someone is a believer or in Christ, biblically they're described as becoming a new creation. Okay, so we were, we were born a certain way with a certain nature, but when I asked Christ into my life or where I stepped into Christ, the Bible says that I've been born again, that I must be born again. And I'll get into this after, but, but it, it says I'm a new creation. Conversely, it says when somebody doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, it, it basically defines them as being spiritually dead. That they're, they're estranged from God. And I have the question, what does this really mean? Because we've got these terms and we've got these concepts, but what does that actually mean? In Romans 6, it says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm going to read that again. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So basically, sin equals separation from God. You know, our sinning creates a divide between us and God. There's separation, there's disconnect, there's distance. And like Melissa was saying before, there are times where God can seem afar off. But I've got to tell you, God never moves. It, it's, it's us and our action and our lifestyle and our mindset and our, and our spiritual positioning. And, and, and I love what Liz said. She goes, life happens. And I've said this on many times, life's messy. There's twists, there's turns, there's ups, there's downs. Life happens. It's okay because it happens to all of us. But we can come back. We can bridge that disconnect. We can come spiritually alive again. And, you know, for some of us here today, we're spiritually alive. We're connected. We're we're there. For some of us, we have been in that place, but we're not there right now. For others, the, the, the decision has never been made to enter into, to come into Christ and 
that opportunity will present itself a little later in the service but i just want to encourage us that you know as christians who read their bibles can i have an amen as christians who read their bibles amen uh we're told to avoid sin but how do we avoid sin if we don't fully understand or comprehend what it is because i am a good person and i do love god and i do love people but i also love doing other things why, why is that why is that wrong why is that bad and so I just again as i i want to teach you a little this morning if that's okay i thought what exactly is the biblical definition of sin what, what does the bible say about sin what, towards me my life because because in the physical in the natural that i focus on because that's who we are human flesh and blood there are things that i like to do or things that i'd want to do but the bible that says i can live blessed also says i shouldn't do these things come on i'm trying to help somebody here this morning and we see the we see sin defined in the bible in several scriptures and and in the hebrew and the greek there's some words used to divine sin and just i really would like to apologize right now to the greeks in our in our midst and troy's not here today so i'm all right because he's a bit of a bible scholar i just i wanted to bring you some some greek and hebrew words that define sin and one is ra now these are funny words because they've all got question marks in them and but ra which which means evil or bad cha which means offense or deserving punishment russia wicked and morally wrong avon avon calling anybody that was evil no anyway avon iniquity perverse crooked twisted pesha transgression rebellion asham guilty trespass tar to vacillate to stray deceive seduce wander stagger be out of the way uh, pasha offend rebel revolt and tr transgress these are kind of all biblical definitions in the original greek and hebrew of things that would separate us from god or bring distance between us and god and all of these largely and to an extent revolve around two concepts and the first concept is the concept of transgression everybody say transgression when i transgress against god's ways and sin i create separation between myself and god and it's not that god's moved but because of my actions intention thoughts that i've separated myself and and broken that connection there's been a transgression and to transgress means to step across or to go beyond a set boundary or limit to step across or go outside a set boundary or there is there is ways that god would have us live that would cause us to sit under an open heaven of blessing and provision and wisdom and joy and peace and healing that if i go outside of it's not that the god doesn't love me it's not that god's not for me it's that i've stepped outside of a set limitation that god has for my life amen you know an illustration would be a football field there are a whole lot of football players on a field within a set boundary and if a if a player with the ball and intention of scoring a goal runs outside that boundary they've transgressed the rules of the game and the game must stop he can't keep running outside of those boundary markers and still score they, they must restart the game within the set limitation of the game you know in the same way or a, another way that sin is defined is to miss the mark 
So I've either gone outside of the limitations that have been set for my world and healthy living, or I've missed the mark. I've been looking at the wrong thing. I've been focused in the wrong direction. My, my priorities haven't been what they should have been for me to achieve. It's, it's like an archer. The archer's aiming for the bullseye. But if the archer misses the board, they get no points, they've missed the mark. They've, they've missed, they, they, were, they, were, they have to recalibrate, reform, and come back in line with what they want to see happen in their world. Is this helping anyone this morning? And when we sin, we miss the mark of righteousness and godliness that we're called to live by. And, and the cool thing is that God says, I'm always with you and I'll never forsake you. That when we've missed the mark or when we've gone outside of the bounds of limitation of, of what God says healthy living is, we can always come back into that place because he's there to help us, to assist us, to empower us and strengthen us to get back to that place of word, praise, and prayer, of blessed living, of abundant life. Amen? Come on, let's give God a hand this morning. You know, Hebrews 12 says, uh, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight and sin which so easily entangles us. Do you know what? It's not hard to sin. It's not hard to have bad thoughts. It's not hard to harbor stuff against others, to hold on to regrets, fears, guilt. It's not hard to do it. It's these things easily and daily try and ensnare us and, and take a hold of us and, and grip us. And, and it may not be through any doing of your own, but I find myself walking around and I've got this attitude and I've got this, but I, I have to intentionally shake that thing off and go to a place where I forgive and go to a place where I forget and I move forward by choice. Because these things want to grip you and they want to hold you, but the only thing they will do is slow you down in life. If God has called you to the big life in 2017, the blessed life, the, the abundant life, in, that these things will hold you back and stop you achieving and being all you can be if you allow them to hold on to you and if you hold on to them. And if I've, if I've found anything in life, it's the longer I allow them to hold on to me or that I hold on to them, that they become this force in my world that is harder to get rid of. Can I encourage you here today? Forgive anybody that's hurt you. Forgive people that have wronged you and spoken against you and ripped you off. Just forgive because God is the one that vindicates. God is the one that will bring the answer. It's, it's, there's a powerful name in the name of Jesus. It will heal all wounds. It will, it will bring you to a place where you can live beyond offense if you'll allow it to. Amen? And that's what it says. It says, looking unto Jesus. Sometimes I, I'm, I'm walking through life and I love Jesus, but I'm looking in a different direction. And Jesus, he's in the peripheral, and I'm basically, I can see him, he's there, I know he's there, and I know he loves me, and I love him, but I'm not looking at him. But he says, look, look at me in the face, look at me in the eye, you'll see my plans, you'll see my purposes, you'll see your future, when you look to me, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Come on, come on, let's give God a hand this morning, let's, let's look to Jesus in 2016. So just very briefly, and we've kind of, for the month of January, condensed our services, um, I want to look at a scripture that is, is a scripture of, of death and life in the, in the natural, but I believe it can serve as a, an example for our spiritual lives as well. Amen? All right, so the main scripture is uh, John 11, starting in verse 1. Can I have a water, please, darling? It says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. 
Uh, this is the Mary who poured water and expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Who gets the idea or the impression from this bit of scripture that Lazarus is sick? We've just been told in three lines, three times, he's sick. Actually, he's very sick. He was healthy, but now he's sick. I don't know if that's got anything to do with the fact he's living with his two sisters, but Lazarus <laughs> was sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people of Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? And Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day during the day where people can walk safely. Uh, they can see because they have light, the, the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I'll go and wake him up. And the disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. And they thought that Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant that Lazarus had died. Now, this is a confusing point for me because he said he won't die. He said, this sickness will not end in death, but he's died. Sometimes there's things in our world where I got a word or I got a vision or I got called in a direction and I was told by God something would happen. And then in the natural or in, in circumstantially, the exact opposite happened. It's not always the end of the story. Can I encourage you that if you're not exactly where you want to be today, but you've had a word spoken into your life, spoken into your heart, spoken into your spirit, if you've got a vision and it appears that the exact opposite is happening, while there's breath in your lungs, while there's faith in your heart, it's not the end of the story. This will not end in death. This sickness, this thing, this improbable thing will not end in death. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, um, now you will really believe. Come, let's uh, go see him. And Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. And when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he, he was told that Lazarus had already been dead and in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. Interesting. He's been four days dead and Jesus was told before he died, Jesus who brings life and, and, and sustains life could have been there within hours, but he had, wasn't there for four days. Sometimes God's plan for our life will take us through a painful path, but the outcome is perfect. Does that make sense? I don't want to walk this journey. I don't want to walk through this pain. I don't want to experience, God, just give me the answer now. Give me the breakthrough now. Give me the, give me the miracle now. He says, but if you walk this journey, you'll learn something in me. If you walk this journey, we'll get closer. If, if you walk this journey, we'll understand each other better. Just walk this journey. Can I encourage you through the course of 2017? Walk the journey. Don't get off the path. Walk the journey. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other when it doesn't make sense, when it doesn't look good, when you don't feel. I love that word. Don't, don't give because you feel to give. Give because you've got, you've got some stuff down on the inside that says, this is what I believe and therefore this is what I'm going for. Anyway. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. Many of the people who had come to console Mar uh, Martha and Mary in their loss. When Mary got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. 
Yes, Martha said he will rise when everyone else rises at that last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everybody that believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Can I, can I make this statement this morning that death is fatal, but in Christ it's not final? Death is fatal, naturally, but in Christ it's not final. You may have had a death in an area of your world. You may have had death of dreams or death of relationship, or, but it's not final in Christ. Anything we offer up to God is subject to the power of God. And it's what we give to Him. It's what we exalt to Him above even emotions that He takes a hold of and does something with. Amen? Come on, help me out this morning. The first thing as we read this piece of Scripture, I notice that, again, as I said before, Lazarus was healthy and had become sick. Sometimes I think that our view or mindset of Christianity and life in Christ is it should just keep getting better and better and better every day. And I'm tiptoeing through the tulips. I'm floating down the river. I've got my little guy guiding us through the peaceful, calm waters of wherever. And then I go, how the heck did I end up here? How did I end up in this storm? How did I end up in this place that I didn't want to be? There's, there's stuff happening all around my world. And I love Jesus and I'm focused on Lazarus was healthy but became sick. There are times in our lives where things become sickly. Whether it is our connection to God, whether it is our relationship with others, whether it's circumstance in our world, can I just encourage you, like Melissa said earlier, life happens. Good thing, bad things happen to good people. And it's unfortunate, and it's not desired, and we don't want, but bad things happen to good people. But God things then happen to faithful people. When I walk through my circumstance, when I walk through my storm, when I face my challenge in faith, God is able to take a hold of. You've heard me say it many times that God is a responsive God. He responds to faith, though, not needs. Because if he, if he responded to need, there would be no need in the world. Because He is a good God. He is a compassionate God. He is a loving God. But He responds to faith. And I'm reminded of Bartimaeus, who, despite his circumstance and his dysfunction and the life that he knew to that point, decided to jump up, throw off his identity as a beggar, and say, I need, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need your touch in my life. Jesus, I need change. I need breakthrough. I don't want empathy. I don't want, you know, what I, I, I want an end. I want real answers in you. So there's times where things aren't going as, as we were planned. Lazarus didn't intend to die. He didn't intend to get deathly sick. But that's where he found himself. I want to encourage us this morning. It's okay. God is in control. Sometimes I, I allow myself to get out of control because of what I'm facing. But the reality is God is never out of control. He, he, he always has the, 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 the circumstance in hand. He's not freaked out. He's not falling off the throne. He's not worried about what the outcome may be. He already knows. God knows the end from the beginning. He's looking back on saying, it's okay. All things are working together for your good. 
I'm out here at the end of, of time and space. I can see what you're getting. If you stay in me, if you stay focused on me, if you stay in faith, I can already see the answer. And I'm telling you now that what you're going through isn't all good, but the end product, the end, it's all good. Amen? Come on, help me out this morning. Wherever you're at today, I want to encourage you, get God's attention. Mary and Martha got God's attention, Jesus' attention. And I don't know if they sent a carrier pigeon, they sent a text, they, 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 sent a, they FaceTimed Jesus. I don't know what they did, but they got, it. they got the message to Jesus. And I want to encourage you, have you got the message to Jesus? That, that something is sick in your world. Because often we want to bury down deep, we want to cover over, we want to suppress what I'm going through. But they brought it to Jesus' attention. And Jesus, although he didn't get there in their timing, he got there in perfect timing. He died, but he came back from death to life. Because in Christ, death is fatal, but not final. Second thing is this. Our sickness doesn't always reflect our relationship with God. It says, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Your dear friend, not just your friend, not just your acquaintance. Lord, your dear friend is very sick. People might put words on you, labels on you. You're going through this because of this, or you're facing that because of this, or there must be some underlying sin in you, or there must be something going on in your world. Therefore, you're facing... God is not a judgmental God. There is one day set aside for the judgment of God to take place in all of eternity. He is a God of mercy and grace, a God of love, a God of forgiveness, a God who would send His Son to die in our place to pay a price we never could so we could live the life that He created us for. Your, your, your sickness doesn't reflect your relationship. You can be so close to God and still walking through pain. But He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that I'll be your strength. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It says, those that sow in tears will reap in joy. They'll, be, they'll laugh their way into their future. And, and I said it before, but there are, bad th- there are times when bad things happen to good people, but I'm just glad that God's love and desire for us never changes. It never changes. It's, it's all good. It's all good. I'm sweating like crazy up here. Five more minutes. Will anyone give me five minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20 minutes that we got. I'm feeling naughty now. Psalm 34 says this. We just got to trust that God is good. We just got to trust that God is good. That when you're walking through challenging times, we've, we've known a few challenging times in the last few years. When I went through that time where three family members died in six weeks, I was averaging two hours sleep a night. I, I, I had a condition where my hair was falling out and I was having to get cortisone injections in my head. Uh, it was a big time. I just had to trust in God. I just had to trust that God was good. And the funny thing is when I walked through that challenge, some of the most excruciating times I've ever had in my life, I hated it. And I didn't want to be there and I didn't necessarily want to focus on Jesus. And I didn't want to necessarily have faith in God. But I go, that's who I am. At the core, that's who I am. So I did. And now that I look back on it, I go, wow, I got through it. I'm not there anymore. But in walking through what I went through, I grew. And I got a little stronger. And I got a little bit more strength on the inner man. And my spirit man grew a little more. And I've faced bigger challenges since that I've also got through because I walked through that one. It's, it, it's, it's not that God tests us, but God says, if you, if you walk with me, I'll strengthen you. And I'll empower you. And I'll call you. And I, just trust in me. I love what Psalm 34 says. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
a taste and see that the Lord, God wants you to experience His goodness. To taste is to experience. When I, when I taste something that's, that's beautiful and that I love, it's, I, 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 I experience it. I don't just put food in my mouth, I experience the moment. And to perceive means to perceive. God wants you to experience and see His goodness in your world this year. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous to be envied, is the man who trusts in Him. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. There is no want for those who fear Him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those that seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. Come, you children, listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Can I encourage you this morning that God is looking at you today? He's interested in your world. He's focused on your life and circumstances. And if He's the good and loving God that we know He is, and He's focused on our life, then He knows what you're going through right now. He knows where you're at. He knows your circumstance. He knows the condition of your heart, your soul, your spirit, your mind. He knows what you're going through, and He's interested in your world. I I love this because it helps me. It helps me stay strong. It helps me stay focused and walking true to what God's called of us. Is this helping anybody? Depart from and his ears are open. The face of the Lord is against those who do, do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. I love that. Thirdly, as I'm reading this, I see that Jesus isn't in a rush and he's not worried. His timing is perfect and assured. I thought that deal would have come off by now. I thought that house would have sold by now. I was hoping that loan had have come through by now. I was pretty certain that person would have been interested in me by now. God, I've been crying out. You ever cried out for somebody's salvation or somebody to be, you know, delivered or somebody to be healed and it just hasn't happened yet? It's like, God, what's, what's, what's doing? Like, seriously, I'm calling out to you and your word tells me that you hear my cry, but where are you? It, can, I, can I encourage you? God's timing is perfect. To, to Mary and Martha, God's timing wasn't perfect. If you had have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. The one you love, God, the one you're interested in and looking towards, he wouldn't have died if you were here. He says, dude, like I told you, he, he wasn't going to end in death. Did I not say that? I said that at the beginning. You sent the carriage a pigeon. I sent it back. You said he's deathly sick. I said it won't end in death. Did I say that? That's what I said. That's, I'm God and that's what I said. He said it won't end in death. So what you're experiencing, what you're seeing as death in the moment is, is just opportunity for God to be glorified. I, I, I think God wants to create some opportunities in our worlds for us to grow and God be glorified. For us to get bigger, to get strengthened, to get in power and for God to get the glory. Our lives are meant to reflect and, and bounce the glory of God back to Him in every situation. And that may mean we need to walk through some tough times. But I want to encourage you Never question God's timing. Never question whether He's real. Never question whether He's you know, right there where you're at. Just believe and go to faith. Ecclesiastes 3 says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what's planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones and embrace. 
A time, I don't even know what that means. What does that mean, to gather stones and embrace? I collect stones from Melissa, little rocks, heart-shaped rocks. Anywhere I go, all over the world, she's got, I don't know how many she's got now. Just a little, anyway, that, maybe that's what it means. A time to gather heart-shaped rocks and embrace. Darling, there's a word for us. A time to refrain from embracing. Melissa, you know that one well. A time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Can I encourage you today, don't stop praying, just stop worrying. Don't stop praying, just stop worrying. Let yourself go to that place of peace that God has for you. The word says be anxious for nothing. So in 2017, can I encourage you, be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious for any outcome. If you've got a dream and a vision, if you've got things that are on the inside of you that, that are passions of your heart, I want to remind us that the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. So as we trust in Him and as we wait on Him, as we walk in His ways through 2017, I want, to, I want you to be anxious for no thing. I want nothing to, to gain your attention in the form of worry that takes away your peace because God says it doesn't have to. Amen? Mark eleven twenty three. have faith in God. Maybe the team could come back. Fourthly, the answer to our spiritual condition is always Jesus. The answer to our spiritual condition, whether we're alive in Christ, whether we've known Christ, or whether we've never known, it's, it's Jesus. I, I love that, you know, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Corinthians, uh, Philippians says that because he was obedient even unto death, God raised up his son and gave him a name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee would bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Our God is a God that brings dead things back to life, that revives visions, that revives whatever condition we face. He's a life giver. He's a miracle worker. I love what it says in Matthew 16, 25. It says, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the reason I, I wanted to address sin and death today is because our eternity is attached to our actions. What I do in life matters. How I do life matters. That I, I can be in Christ, but just barely. But like I said before, God doesn't want you just to exist and make your way through life. It's just a vapor. What, what does it matter anyway? I believe in Jesus. I'll go to heaven. He, he, he wants you to bring heaven to earth now. He wants you to live in heaven now he wants your soul to be at peace to be filled with his presence to be communing with him i want to encourage you as the pastor of this house not just to exist but to truly live take hold of all that god has for you i made a decision you know 23 years ago to ask jesus christ in, into my heart as my lord and savior and, I, and at that moment i, I came alive spiritually and in 23 years, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've sinned. I've done things wrong. But I've always been able to come back to that place and point of connection in God. And through it, seen life just go from strength to strength and glory to glory. It says in John 3, it says there, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, and came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, 
We know that you're a teacher that's come from God. Nobody could perform the signs you were doing if, if you were not with God. And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Which is a little bit of a weird concept, but born again. And Nicodemus, a, a ruling authority at the time, he didn't get it either. He said, how can somebody be born again when they're old? And Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. Because flesh give birth to, gives birth to the flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying this. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. The strongest foundation we can live for a, a blessed and successful life, Ed, is, is one in the Spirit. Where I, I reconnect, where I refuel. It says in, in Matthew, it says that those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. So what I want to do as we come to a close in this service is I want to offer all of us an opportunity to pray again. To seek God again. To reconnect again. To be filled. My, my prayer and my desire is that you would be filled this year filled to overflow, that you would have all that you need when you need it spiritually in God. Because when you're spiritually healthy, when you're spiritually full, everything else outworks itself. All things work together for good. When we have that right, you know, John says, beloved, I, I pray above, and above all things that you would be in health and prosper just as your soul prospers. That as we get ourselves in that position of strength in God, I know that our situation and our circumstance will prosper in the year ahead. Amen? Why don't we close our eyes? I tell you what, would you, would you mind standing to your feet? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I hope this word has helped you this morning. Why don't you just close your eyes, lift your hands. Lord, you know us and you love us. You're ever-present. You're always close. You never leave us nor forsake us. Lord God, I thank you for every single person that stands before me today. That God, in this moment, they would experience your touch upon their lives. That Lord, they would have a moment where they taste and see your goodness in their world. Even if it's a fleeting glimpse towards the circumstance they find themselves in. Lord, have your way in our lives. We need you. We need you daily. Just while we're standing here, I'm going to get all of us to pray a prayer in a minute, but I want to ask you, if you're here and you've actually never asked Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.